Introducing Batiste's wet-activated and touch-activated dry shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste dry shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to I Wish I Was an Only Child with me, Rachel Mason. And me, Kathy Mason. Where we speak to other siblings about the dynamic of the relationship to see where we're going wrong. This week, we spoke to artist and polymath, Davy Joes. And his younger brother, mathematician, teacher and writer, Bobby Siegel. Who's the funniest? Bobby, you're, you're, you're quite funny, but I think you're funnier than me. Today. The thing is, Davy being modest, if I have humour, it's only because I learned it from him. Because you know if you're with a sibling and someone's two, three years older, you pick up and imitate the jokes they make. So it's about football or sport, about food, about the way our mum makes our tea, all the sort of family in jokes. I would nick his jokes and adapt it slightly. So, so maybe like Davey is a creator. There's a phrase, um, good artists copy, great artists steal. Oh. So maybe like for humour, I'm like a lesser version of that. Like I steal ah, Davey's jokes. So, so Davey, what's the age difference between you? It's it's four years. Four, four years between years. us. Oh, three. Three, three, three. I round it. I round it up to make myself fun. Okay. older. I don't need <laughs> to be. I said four years. I want to be older. Well, so you don't want to be older. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. <laughs> so okay, so there's four, and and you are you've got there are four brothers, right, in the family. So it's so David, you're the oldest, then Bobby, then yes. two Johnny. More. Is it yes. Johnny and Tommy? Johnny yeah, John. Yeah, okay. So so tell us tell us about growing up in that household. My goodness, how did it work? Four boys. Davy, yeah. do you want to start? Yeah, I was yeah. I, I came to the family first, and then Bob came a bit later on. And in fact, the first memories of Bob I have is. Because uh, when I was a kid, I got run over by a car, age two. And I remember being in hospital in about, I think it was 84. It was almost 84. I remember, oh, you've got a new brother. I remember Bob coming in in a purple <laughs> baby dress, like fat baby, lying next to me. And I was like, this is so annoying. <laughs> this kid's going to get on my toys. Mm. And I remember actively, remember, I couldn't move because I was paralyzed at the time. But I remember actively trying to push Bob off the bed. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you... Like, I was three and a bit years old. I remember uh, trying to push this kid, this fat little kid off my bed. <laughs> I remember that. I'm horrified now that I think back. Because I just wasn't strong enough, right? But, but, 
But I remember Bob lying there in bed in like, you know, in, in nappies or whatever it was. I was a fat little kid. Yeah, that Bob was a fat little, fat little baby. But I think... Uh, that's like a that's not abnormal when the sibling comes along to think, you yeah. know, hold on a minute, I feel jealousy. Yeah, I feel threatened here. <laughs> and, and I vividly remember it because it was in hospital, right? Everything's very vivid. Uh, and I just remember Bob lying there in bed next to me. And I'm like, this kid's going to take more of my oh, toys. My... That's all I could think oh. of. That's all I could think of. My first memory of Bob. Oh. Which you... Oh. I didn't, I didn't actually know that. You know that. That's yeah. the first time I've heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About what, that, uh, Bobby? Memory. What's your first memory of Davy? <laughs> Ooh, this is a good question. I've never actually thought about it. What's my first? Okay, so my first memories are in nursery. So they probably would have been coming back. Ah, actually, it would have been art related. Coming back home and showing Davy bits of things. That's quite late, isn't it? To have an early your first memory of someone at four. You should have something earlier. Bobby, it's not, I mean, I don't remember much until I was, I've got very few childhood memories. Yeah. Everyone's different, but it's art related. Yeah, so I vaguely recall coming back from some sort of nursery type related place, like definitely with other children, mm. and coming back and showing Davy some, I drew a, a truck full of peas. A truck full of peas? It's a pea truck. Like our mum used to, we used to love fish and chips, we still do. Yeah. And I drew a truck that just, and it wasn't, it was quite, literal because there was a truck and you could see all the peas stacked on top of each other lovely and for some reason i wanted to show davy okay um, to get his approval like davy do you approve i didn't use those words obviously but, <laughs> but the thing is i probably stuck it on the wall do you remember we had this art club i created this art club with bobby and all my little cousins and basically i would be the art teacher and I would say, today we are going to draw this. Oh my God, I remember those. Because I was, yeah, because I was four years old. I felt like I was old, so much older than everybody else. <laughs> and I'd be like, this is the art club. And I remember like, if you didn't draw something to the standard I liked, I would kick you oh out God. of the club. I remember that. Yeah. Terrible. Oh my God. I, would kick you. I, said, I said, out. This is not standard. It's not good enough. And I'd bring you back the next day. Oh, because we had because we yeah. grew up with our cousins as well. Yeah, yeah. So we had obviously Davy myself, and then we had in fact the cousin I'm living with now. Yes, who's about seven months younger than me. Then then his sister, who's about a year younger. Then another yes. cousin, who's about a year. So all of us grew up together. Wow. So like an extended family, although well, not in the same house. No, how close? But like round the corner. Yeah, yeah. quite literally. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's a bit like a, a lot of like in, in um, Indian families, right? They all come together and live together, like, you know, even, you know, they go home the end of the day, but it's kind of that Asian family setup, you know? Yeah. You know, mm. your parents will look after their kids, not only their kids, but their siblings' kids and their siblings' siblings', you know, kids, if that makes any sense. And yeah. were, they were the cousins male or was there any right. females in your There's setup? Only one female, oh. but she's... So in, in, the, in the London side, so we've got our dad's side of the family. Yep. Dad is... Papa's one of ten, isn't he? Yeah? He's one of ten, yes. Yep. Good, he's the eldest of tens, but his are scattered around the globe, mm -hmm. Canada, US, Middle East, India. Because my mum's one of three. Better get these facts correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's like embarrassing fact. Basic facts, bro. Mummy's the second, I know, mummy's out there listening going, what are these children saying? <laughs> what are they talking about? <laughs> uh, but as soon as if Davy says the word mummy, she'll be like, they're listening to you. Like, yeah, he doesn't pick up. So maybe the code name. She'll bring a T in. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> T, Alpha T. Alpha T is in the zone. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and then our mum is the second of three, but all our mum's family moved to uh, London, East London, in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm. Um, so we grew up with all the siblings, all the cousins. So effectively, even though they were cousins, they were pretty much, apart from like bedtime routines mm. and waking up, they were pretty much like siblings. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. 
Wow, that's yeah, that must have been close. amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. You got to run an art club, didn't you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Kick out people when you wanted to. David, did you make any of them artists? Oh, my cousin Colleen is now a graphics design teacher. Nice, right? Uh, oh. she's, and, and Cedric is as well. They're both. They're both oh art God, teachers. Right. They're both they're art teachers. Family. Yes. So you had an. Yeah, I never thought about yes. that. Yeah. They're both art teachers. So sleep wise, wasn't it two boys per room? Didn't you? What was it? Bunk beds. Bunk two beds. bunk beds. But bunk beds. Yeah. So in the eighties, it was only me and Bob. John was born in the nineties, so initially. We lived in a council estate in the 80s, right, Bob? And in the, in the early 90s. In the early, early 90s. And it was a fairly spacious, from a kid's perspective, it was huge. I think there were like three bedrooms, but we shared them, right? We were in the same bedroom, yes. I think. Like, I think, I know, I know a couple of years we shared a bunk bed. Wow. I obviously took the top you one. You took the top <laughs> one, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You would have been climbing up. So w- with that age gap, obviously you didn't push him off the bed, Davey, thankfully. No, I yeah. didn't. Yeah, and thank and goodness. You... <laughs> <laughs> but you, you are... how close were you as kids? Oh, we were very close, right, Bob? Yeah, I think... I, w- I wonder whether because you were in a wheelchair... You know, normally when siblings are much older, you look, you sort of, like, see them as distant. Oh, there's that, like elder brother or elder sister was because even though you're three to three years and two months 3.166 years older than me he's not letting it go no he's only got the four i'm so like i want to close the gap they want to extend the gap (laughs) um even though he was yeah three school years above me um i saw him more as like a not a big brother but like a medium brother that's the word medium brother Mm. yeah yeah medium like he was definitely elder brother but I felt like, ah, oh, he's only like a year or two above me rather than three to four years above me. But but that, I think that was the thing. So in my head, I was so much older than Bob. Mm. And my earliest memories of Bob was that Bob was so much smarter than me. Like he knew how to spell, he knew how to do mathematics. I could draw, that's mm. different. Mm. Because I'd learned drawing while I was in my in my hospital, like recovering for many years. And the only thing to do in the 80s was drawing. So that's mm-hmm. how I picked up my drawings. The drawing was fine. But because I went to a special school, we didn't follow the national curriculum in the 80s, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't know any mathematics. Mm-hmm. I didn't do any science. I could I could barely read. I could barely write. Mm-hmm. And Bob was, I felt almost inferior because Bob was so much better than this. And I was older and I was like, oh my God, this is not right. Like I'm not thinking this is just mm-hmm. bad, but how can my younger brother, baby brother, be infinitely better than me. I remember being actively jealous. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I remember this. And then... How did that play out? How we? How did you... <laughs> yeah. So it actually spurred <laughs> me. It, 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 it's funny enough. So it kind of motivated me. This kind of like, Bob was so much better than me. It's like, this this cannot be right, right? So I was in my special school. And, and this is... So this is the thing that, you know, the only thing I did was like, I, I drew all day in school. Mm. Uh, and and there was a for some reason in the 80s all schools had amazing computers like I don't know what what was going on in the 80s with school budgets but we had like 10 <laughs> computers in one room all right and then so I would program all day so then what happened is about 30 okay when I'm about 10 years old 11 years old my special school in East London got burned down in an arson attack I remember that Wow. It's almost like you're sliding doors. If that hadn't happened, you'd have still been at that special school. Because back in the late 80s, early 90s, 
education wasn't enlightened regards to stu- regards to young people that had um, disabilities. They just assumed yeah. if you're physically disabled, then you had yeah. Yeah. mental yeah. like deficiencies as well. So obviously, yeah. they, it has to look after all members of society. But Davy actually mentally there was nothing wrong, but they treated mm-hmm. him like ah, oh, Davy can't read, he can't write, he can't do numbers. Yeah. So again, when Davy says I was a, a superior, especially because I went to a school where they just taught us like normal people, like you know the normal curriculum mm-hmm. reception year one, year two. Whereas Davy didn't have that curriculum. So Davies would just be like, literally sit there, guys, you can play all day. And I was sort of like jealous of Davies' school because I would have to do homework and maths mm. and set up projects and things. And Davies like, Davies just goes to some play school all day. He comes back and he just, you know, been doing games and wheelchair races and sports. And I'm having to go and study all the time. <laughs> so with the school being burned down, so then what happened? So, okay, so this is the story that school got burned down. Then for the next uh, two years, we went from temporary school to temporary school. Then we even went to, back in the 90s, this was, wouldn't be allowed now, but you went to be taught in teachers' houses. You'd sit really? there in the living room with, yeah, you'd sit there having the sandwiches and stuff like that. It was completely acceptable back in the day. Uh, and then what happened? Then we got a new building in Prince Regent Lane, Yeah. right, in Prince Regent Lane. And then that was there for another two years. And then what happened is, there, there was insurance money from the school, and that money went to a school called Eastleigh Community School to build a wheelchair lift. And because of that, I was one of three students who was going to transition to the mainstream school. So about 13 or 14 years old, I went to a mainstream school, and then my first couple of tests and stuff to figure out what sets you were going to go into. In maths, I remember I scored effectively zero percent which is two two percent zero percent and i was like wow i literally don't know anything and then from then on because of what bob i considered bob a genius at the time Mm. and probably is still now and uh i I studied like crazy and then a few years time Mm. from scoring zero i ended up doing like mathematics at trinity college cambridge wow (laughs) that's extraordinary I do remember, David, the transition because, like, when you talk about, like, sliding doors moments, had your school not burned down, yes. you probably would be someone that's still very creative, but you probably wouldn't be able to read properly, no. write properly, wow. you wouldn't be a numbers genius that you are now. And I, I remember, because before, till David, before he went to the special school, I used to think, I'm, I wouldn't say it today, maybe sometimes in fights, I'd say, oh, I'm better than you. I, I, I just knew I was better than David because David didn't have the education. But when David started going to the mainstream school, very quickly I noticed, before he used to ask me, I remember when he first started the mainstream, you'd ask me for help on your work. Yes. And then quite quickly, literally within a few months, I would be coming to you for help. And yeah, I was like, yeah, wow, yeah. the tables have turned. Like I thought I was the genius in the house. And suddenly someone's been, you know, been in school for literally a few months and now he's picking up all the concepts. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is that I don't think you made I don't think it was the jealousy came from myself. It wasn't that Bob made me feel bad. Bob was yeah. always helpful. It wasn't that was just comes from me, from I, you know, because I wasn't taught and then and then so even even like that transition from going to zero, ending up in Cambridge, it kind of came from a, a rural mall. So I was in my bedroom one day, and my dad had a book, um, bookshelf full of Reader's Digests. One day I picked it up as a teenager, and there was this article, 20-page article about this guy called Professor Hawkins. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I started reading this guy's biography, and I was like, oh, my word, this guy's a genius. This is amazing. How did he do this, like... He can barely use one hand. How on earth did he do this? And then this became my hero. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I said, I want to do what this kind of guy did. I want to go to Cambridge and do 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 do. And then again, again, purely by accident, in the mid '90s, I found a book about the internet. All uh, right, and in the book, there was Professor Hawking's email address, and I wrote to him, <sighs> and he replied to me, and we were in correspondence. And said, look, I told him my history up to then. I said, yeah. I'm thinking of applying to Cambridge, but I don't know anyone who's been to Cambridge. I don't know about wheelchair access. And he guided mm. me through the process. And that is the wow. reason I ended up going to Trinity College, the college next to Professor Hawking's. And my first year, I physically got to meet him and thanked him for it. Where do you two get your drive? And I mean, what are your parents like? Your drive and energy is insane so i think it's a combination of our parents like our mom is very chatty talkative very positive smiley so we sort of get that like i guess that personality of like confidence and Mm. being able to go to a random room of strangers and suddenly just start talking to people we've always been like that and for davy even you know he'll get in his wheelchair and just like get into a group and start talking mm. and be the, you know, like, not, not the centre of attention, but we're both, like, always felt confident in mm. holding our own in conversations. And for my dad, it's more like the cerebral side. See, again, I think with our... We, when we were growing up in the late 80s, early 90s, there wasn't much money. Like, we, we couldn't afford holidays or niceties or... Like, yeah, it was a very humble upbringing. But the one thing that our dad in particular emphasizes the value of educating yourself again for Davy, it wasn't through school it was like Davy, be creative um uh, draw your art and in fact because my dad saw Davy coming back and saying about programming my dad like saved lots of money and bought one of the bbc micros so Davy could yeah. take it apart and i'd be his little assistant mm. like getting Davy says give me this get me the screwdriver bobby go on t-. yeah so it was, um, it was, it was a crazy scientist was... scientific lab for kids right it's like Aww. a crazy science lab for kids right you were like my assistant. Your assistant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I learned a lot by being there. I was, I was like, I was like, this is a weird analogy. I was like the Debbie McGee to your poor dad. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> With computing and everything. Exactly. Dave says, Bobby, can you get me this? I'm like, yeah, I'll be your assistant. Um, but I think, it, I think it's a combination of the two. Like our mom's positive outlook on life. And then our dad's like cerebral. You can, you know, we might be poor. We might be going up in a really challenging council state. Like, in fact, like in our council state, more, like it was, it was a very difficult council state in terms of it was very poor. There was a lot of crime. Um, there were gangs there, and I can see like even I'm now 37, and I've seen over the course of the last few decades people that I knew on that council state literally ending up on the front of the local newspaper for GBH or murder. Mm. And what makes us di- we're not anything different in terms. Of, I don't think is that there's not much different in terms of our raw smarts. It's more just a set of experiences, like having each other spur each other on, having a dad that said, you know, every Saturday, Davy and I, we'd go to East Ham Library um, and sit there for hours. And I guess, uh, yeah, literally just reading anything. It might be like, back then, Roald Dahl was very popular. I might read books on like the Mayan civilization. Davy might grab a book on um, engineering and we just chat for hours about books and reading. So I think it was... Yeah, I think it was just, yeah, the combination of the two. Like the confidence of our mom. My mom, my mom sometimes, again, back then, did she, again, in India, back in, in when she grew up, she didn't do A-level equivalent, did she? No, I don't think our mom finished. It's, it's embarrassing we don't know the full story of our parents' <laughs> education. She's going to pop no, her head I, around the door in a minute and go, oh, yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> no, but she, but she does. She goes, she comes to tell us, you know, I'm really highly qualified. She goes, you might not think I don't have the papers to prove it, but I'm actually very smart. Mm. Where do you think you get your smarts from? She tells us. 
Yeah, she's got the razor sharpness. Yeah, and and I think also when you come from uh, a family that's immigrated, we were first generation, uh, born in UK. So, you know, you, you know, there's a lot of setbacks and things when you're growing up with with various you know problems of coming coming from another country and from migrating. And but the thing I think it's very very important. We have setbacks. Like the setback for our family would have been my car accident, right? Would have changed mm. a, a lot of things for our parents. We can't even imagine what they would go through when your two-year-old is run over by a car and possibly dead, right? Um, I think having something called a, I bring a math term in, Bob. You could have a Markovian memory. Markovian memory oh, means stochastic that, Markov change. Yeah, yeah, so Markov means. Should explain what it is to them? <laughs> yeah, so, so basically, it means that at point n, only n matters. You shouldn't remember what happens at n minus one. So basically, oh, these are memoryless, yeah, you, you could be, you're going to be getting Markovian in memory. Uh, today is a new day. Whatever bad things happened in the past, let it go and move on. That's right? amazing. I like that. And are your two younger brothers, so what's the age difference there? And are they as positive and as energetic? And I know they're as clever, but are they the same as you guys? I almost think, it's, uh, are they like variations on us? So you're like Eldar's uh, Nimrod variations. We have like the, the Seagull Jose, Jose family variations. Everyone <laughs> becomes slightly different, like a version of each other. So Davy is the most mathematical. So Davy's, so the ages are Davy's 40, I'm 37. It's weird. Our ages, we're actually now proper adults, but in my in our minds, mind's eye, I'm still a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> because our mum, our parents are still like, oh, it's our little children, but yeah. mum, we're not little children. Proper adults. <laughs> so Davy's 40, um, I'm 37, John is 31, and then Tom is 27. I, I lose track. Um, Tom, Tom's age, I lose track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ages. But they became less math- mathematical. Because I think in terms of education, obviously, the day, thing is, Dave and I actually loved history. That's We love maths and history at school. But in terms of subjects that we decided to put our efforts in, mathematics is one where there's a direct correlation between the effort you put in and the output. Mm. History, sometimes you might read three books and you're still not quite sure. So World War II, was it really because Mm-mm. of Germany being upset about World War I? Uh, or was it because of the arms race? So like, you can still, even like two years later, you might still not be fully confident. Yeah. Mathematics, directly the effort you put in should be, should relate to the rewards you saw. So as the siblings went down, our dad became more liberal in the way he approached education. With us, he said, oh, maths and science. But although, weirdly enough, we're more creative than the younger ones. But the, with the younger ones, my dad's like, oh, explore if you want to do languages, if you want to do politics, if you want to do economics, if you want to do philosophy. So they become less so. So I was, David did maths, maths and computer science. So I did maths and economics. The next one did pure economics, did John. And the last one did politics, philosophy, and economics. So it started to become more waffly, <laughs> yeah. less precise. More, I like that, more waffly. <laughs> Yeah, how would more they waffly. feel about you calling it more waffly? But I think that might be outraged slightly. Tommy, I can imagine Tommy say, Davy, that's not a very nice thing to say, Davy. <laughs> they become more I think they become more eloquent as well, because Davy and I were much more thinking uh, no, I'm thinking like uh, I don't want to just go straight, in, maybe straightforward and just more blunt, maybe. Yeah, they're more they're more savvy in terms of the way they construct arguments. Yeah, and as our youngest brother Tommy, what a joke, he's gonna become prime minister, maybe one day he will. But the way I, I guess if you're youngest imagine like imagine growing up in a house where okay, the Davy and I were growing up and we had an academic like battles like first it was me being the genius, then suddenly Dave became the genius. Mm. I accept my place. And then imagine you're John coming and seeing these two elder brothers yeah. who parents are praising, teachers are praising, everyone say again. One of the things I liked about parents is even though parents, at, at parents' evening, teachers would say, 
you know, Davy and Bobby are now clearly geniuses. My dad would say, ah, look at Davy's education, he's not a genius. Look at Bobby, he's not a genius. It's because they've worked hard mm. to get there. But when John sees that, John's like, almighty, how are these elder siblings so bright? So he probably puts pressure on them. And the youngest one, he sees John as well. John's about four years older than him, achieving. So actually, in a weird way, if you're the younger siblings in a family of, the, of high achievers, it puts a lot of pressure because... Like when Davey went to Cambridge, I was I think, and I was like applying a year or two after him. He's like, okay, I should get in. But by the time it's Tom, all of us have gone to Oxbridge. If he doesn't get in, it's almost yeah. like a failure. Was there a divide between you two and the younger two? Was it you two together and they're together? And do you have any jealousy of their liberal, more liberal upbringing? I think, I think, yeah, I, I do. It's a funny thing. You should say that that me and Bob are alike and Tom and John are alike. But the funny thing is, so I'm born again. This is numerical rather than you know anything meaningful i'm born december the uh 11th and tommy the last one is born december the 10th bobby is born february the 13th and the third one is born february the 13th so even though we're just separate when we're growing up we had birthday buddies as well so i wouldn't be bob's birthday buddy i would be the youngest kid's birthday buddy yeah, How yeah, did yeah. that work? We, we had weird allegiances. Do you remember this, Bob? Right. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, I see my parents had a special day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but um, it's just a weird thing. Yeah, there's like, definitely a birthday allegiance. Yeah, so, yeah. so I had free allegiance to Tom for birthday allegiance. And then when the birthday was over, like, okay, now I'm on Bob's side. <laughs> yeah, back here. It's like ceasefire. Yeah, we've got this like, temporary truce around uh, late, late November, early December. Because yeah, exactly. you also want to get good birthday gifts. Yeah, exactly. And then by the time it's done, like, allegiances... Um, <laughs> so did you have as a foursome were you close did you fight and did you is there, is there different things you'd go to each brother for so if you were feeling down you'd go to that brother or did it work like that Ooh, it's a good question i definitely say like our mom had to deal with lots of fights i think it was oh. more competitive like i think it's competitive board games were banned at some stage various stages yeah whether it's scrabble monopoly ludo all of us became it's weird because as adults we're so supportive of yeah. each other. We're like, we're like, we're like our biggest cheerleaders. But as children, <laughs> I think it's because it's a, a, I don't know, I'm trying to think like, how would you describe it? Like all of us wanted to, we just wanted to win. Again, whether it's supporting football, like Davey's a Spurs fan, I was a West Ham fan. Uh, because Davey went to Cambridge, I said, I'm gonna go to Oxford. So we literally just sat there. So it was like comp- competition. But in terms of the, the household, because the age gaps are so big, it means that, you know, yeah. The, the relations by when Davey's 16 Tom is 3 so I can't really go to Tom for advice about uh, mm-hmm. you know, Dave, Tom I'm getting bullied in school and Tom well, you could like, oh, you could bullied. it would be hilarious <laughs> <laughs> although it made the youngest one um, really able to articulate himself because he'd have like again I might have a fight with Davey about again literally about football about Spurs and West Ham and sadly West Ham weren't successful in, in the 90s so it was neither were Spurs and I'd go ahead and John might be busy so I'd go to Tom the three of them and say Davey's wrong isn't he West Ham clearly better. look at the result and Tom would be like uh, uh, why do you think so so he would and again so maybe in some ways our arguments led to greater articulation skills by the younger siblings <laughs> that's true yeah, yeah but we, 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 yeah. I think we'll take credit for that right yeah yeah but you two seem to have the same sense of humour. You, you're the mathematicians, you're the logical mm. thinkers, right? And you also share a similar sense of humour, would that be fair to say? Is that cut? I, I think there's a lot to do with that. So again, when you're brought up together, yeah. watching the same sort of cut, like 80s cartoons, yeah. like again, in our family history. WhatsApps, I could send like cartoons of the original Transformers, Gummy Bears, mm. uh, Fun House, 
and Davey and I were oh, reminisced about it. Whereas the younger siblings are like, God, why is this weird 80s stuff? Yeah. <laughs> How honest are you with each other? Yeah, fairly. Well, we're quite straightforward with each other, I think so. I don't know, what do you think, Bob? I think it's, we're growing up, we were very, I think we still are, we were quite blunt. We were yeah. always very truthful in terms of, again, this could lead to fights because we'd say, oh, yeah. your Davey, your artwork is terrible. Yeah, yeah, or, Davey, exactly. Let's have a running race. Dave's like, I can't really run. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> so because that, it meant that we would never, we would never uh, sugar the truth. Mm. Uh, and it helps because it means that you're not, like, without, again, I think our family, I think partly it's a combination of the Indian nuclear family where you're all together. So you can't, there's no secrets. Like, you know, if you've got your own bedroom, you can close the door and, you you know, you can go into your own world. Uh, but they were like, David, like, the fact that there are no secrets, even in our diaries, we had personal diaries. Oh, yes. A Roald Dahl diary. Remember, <laughs> Quentin Blake sent us the diary. In, yes, oh, this is amazing. In we oh. were We were family friends of Quentin Blake. Yes. Wow. Author, illustrator of the... So, so, in these, yeah, so in these drawing clubs we used to have, I used to run, I guess. Though one part of them was one between me and Bob. And the thing was, one year we we got all the Quinton Blake books we could get from the local library. And I forced, I told Bobby, okay, I said, Bob, we're going to draw every single drawing. And we bought the no. little books. And we drew every single Quinton Blake drawing. Literally hundreds, maybe even thousands. And then we sent all of them to Quinton Blake. Oh. And then months later, we got this letter from Quinton Blake saying, Oh, this is really amazing, you know, Bobby and uh, Davey. And I've sent you some goodie bags, things, and hopefully they'll come. A couple of months later, we wrote back to him and said, oh, you know, nothing's come. And then, then he sent this huge A3 hand-drawn uh, illustrated card for us with a stork flying over the Atlantic and the books falling into the, into the, into the ocean. And it says Davey and Bobby. And we've got that, and we've got that somewhere, like the signed illustrated a three mm. page apology That's for amazing. the thing not coming and then then he sent us two roald dahl diaries from 1992. bob do you want to tell mm. the rest of the story about our oh story? so the roller so again again signed like dear bobby dear quentin uh, dear um dave from your friend quentin blake um and then so it was the first time i had a proper diary and i would write stuff Normally about like, I scored two goals in school. It was like, again, just numerical analysis of my day. Um, and I'd give myself ratings for like, oh, I did 30 minutes of uh, English today. I gave myself seven out of 10. So you could, it was quite numerical. It was quite dry. But then occasionally after fights with Davy, I would say, I think Davy took my pencil today. I'm going to get him back for that. And I'd write these things. And eventually the diary became like a mini confidant. Like if I had a fight, it's normally, it wouldn't be for the positive stuff. It would be for the negative things like, ah, Davy got more chips than me. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. And then one day, Davey responded. So he wrote in my diary. I came out from school and I opened my diary and beneath one of my entries, like, I know. And it was handwriting. Something like that. I was like, oh my God, he took. I don't know. Again, this is the benefit, this is the benefit for Davey not going to a school. Because he, when I go to school, Davey would be at home or but I'd go off to school and I'd come back. And then when I saw it, I was, yeah, I think <laughs> maybe I went ballistic. It's a blog. It's a blog back in the day, right? The analog blog. <laughs> It was, a, it was a forum. I was posting comments. I was ahead of the oh, game, Bob. Yeah, I... Ahead of the game. That's amazing. Social we media. Forget you diaries, social media. You, you'd have stolen mine and read it, I'd but not written in it. Hello. Hi, Hi Bridget. Bridget. <laughs>
Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> Here to Judge is the new weekly podcast from Little Wonder, where we dismantle predicaments posted online. Featuring fruity dilemmas from Am I the Arsehole on Reddit to Am I Being Unreasonable quandaries on Mumsnet. Join me, Priya Hall. Me, Robin Morgan. And me, Leila Navarbi. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Apple, or Spotify. wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Go on, give me an I'm just being like your hype <laughs> man. <laughs> new episode every Friday (laughs) there must be something we can use (laughs) which of you was the most rebellious was one of you rebellious I'm guessing Davey Uh, I I, I was uh, so mum says that if I wasn't in a wheelchair I would probably have caused lots of lots of trouble oh really yeah 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 she, she there's this particular story. She said, so I got actually got run away when I was about almost three. She goes, when I was two, my uncle just got married recently and his wife had just come to the home. And apparently mm. for some reason, I didn't like her, whatever reason it was, two years old. <laughs> so I went to her bedroom, broke all her lipstick and makeup and put it in the drawer. And then when I hid underneath the under, underneath the sofa, they're like, what is all this broken stuff doing here? They're like, where's David? He can't find him. And he was like, I was hiding in the sofa. <laughs> Apparently, so I was probably I was quite mischievous. I was told. <laughs> do you remember that, Bobby? Do you remember? No, 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 no do you remember him being? No, but do you remember him being rebellious? Do you remember? Is that how you would have said him? mischievous? Mischievous. Uh, I think is this is it, you can forgive correct me if I'm incorrect, but maybe because you're in the wheelchair, the, our parents could give you a bit more leeway. Yeah. Like saying, "Oh, be nice to Davy." Like for example, if I did something wrong, <laughs> yeah, parents would go, "Bobby, that you shouldn't do that." It was a Davy. They'd be like, "Ah, oh, let's not be as tough on Davy." Yes, I probably got away so with maybe, it more. Yeah, so Bobby, did that make you angry? There was favoritism then, a little bit. Ooh, I'm trying to think. So the thing is, it, it, yes, there would be anger, but it would manifest not in like anger towards David it manifests in anger over things like for example sports yes like West Ham and Spurs like oh your club are horrendous they lost three games in a row why do you support them they're embarrassing yeah, yeah. or they yeah um art things like art I could never really challenge you I could never say your art's terrible um ma- I guess maths and schoolwork but again it wasn't really I quite took pride in the fact that for a while David would ask me for help yes um I do remember that can I just can I just ask the football thing? Because I don't understand why you support different teams. If you grew up in the same household, shouldn't you support the same team? Again, this comes from the rivalry, right, Bob? Yeah. So how I, does it work? I remember how I chose Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, it was probably late 80s, early 90s, and we were obsessed with facts and top tens of everything. Right, me mm. and Bob, Guinness Book of Records, like facts, statistics, how, you know, Olympic races and stuff. So I found a book called The Top Ten of Everything, and we looked at our football section of all the great English clubs in history. And like Liverpool was number one, I remember. And we're mm. like, well, I don't need to live anywhere near Liverpool. And uh, second mm. was Tottenham Hotspur. We had the, the best European record, had won the most FA Cups. And then also yeah, yeah. in my special school, there was a poster of Gary Lineker in my classroom. Because I think Gary Lineker's, uh. one of Gary Lineker's children had leukemia or something. And yes. he had signed the thing. And this is all retrospectively understanding. I didn't know this at the time. But then mm. I supported Tottenham Hotspur because I knew Gary Lineker played for Tottenham Hotspur. And then Right. And then I and then I got all the white, you know, the white Tottenham kids and supporting Gaza and stuff like that. And I come, Bob, this is my club, who are, I this I'm Tottenham. You you choose your club. <laughs> yeah. I, so I said, you choose your club. And obviously I don't want him to choose Tottenham Hotspur. This is my club. Oh. 
And then Bob was like, I don't know how you, I don't know how you chose West Ham, but. Yeah, I guess we lived we lived in East Ham, so it's quite a logical decision. <laughs> and Bob, you're number six on the back, Bobby Moore. Oh, that's some, that's some, that West Ham. So um, I do a lot of um, educational charity work with the Premier League and West Ham. So mm-hmm. they gave me the club gave me a shirt. Bobby six, number six is Bobby Moore, England captain's and West yeah. Ham captain's retired number. So they gave me a number six shirt. Oh, we have, yeah, no, my kid is Spurs obsessed and just be the week before lockdown, he was the mascot on the, you know, when they walk oh, out with the person. So, yeah, that's... literally. And he was, it was all over the news because he was the last, they were the last people oh, to do the mascot. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yes, I know a lot about Spurs. <laughs> Coys. <laughs> Come on, you Spurs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you have arguments now as adults? No, we don't actually argue anymore. We're quite boring. We're quite boring. Bo- no, we're just, we don't bore. We're, 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 we're more in agreement than no we never we, we hardly argue anymore it's gone we got it's, it's almost like it's almost like a shame isn't it like you're like in a in a five six ten yeah. eleven twelve it was a great day there's like a fire yeah. like a tempestuous like it was like amazing because we sparked off each other i think oh, is that because now we see the bigger like when you're young you just you almost think the world revolves around yeah, you, the house. You. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things much bigger. You know, this sounds cliche, but there's like famines and poverty and wars, all mm. these things going on. So why would you fight with the person you're closest yeah. to? It just makes no sense. It's almost, yeah. But if you're feeling down, um, I'm guessing you never do feel down, but if you are feeling down, are the, are you, is each other the person you'd turn to? The first person you'd phone? Yes, it would. It's pretty much, pretty much. If, 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 like, I think I'll give Davy a Skype. No, sorry, I'm oh, don't you? Normally, like, you've got a routine. Like, Davy might WhatsApp me. And the, the nice thing about our relationship is that we'll always respond and pick up and say, sorry, like, I'll pick up and say, oh, Davy, I'm really busy now. Can I call you later? You know, like, sometimes people, like, oh, I, I ignore the message. Mm. Um, and I won't say too much about our youngest, youngest siblings, <laughs> but they've got a different attitude towards looking at phones and they're going, oh, that's fine, I'll respond later. Whereas with each other, we'll immediately pick up the phone and or daily message say, Bob, I'm really busy. I'm about to go for a bath. I'll call you later. And yeah. so it's like a really, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very, very wholesome, which when you, when you saw the, you saw the diary, if anyone was a fly in the war in the diary incident of 92, 93, they would never have thought yeah. it would be this wholesome. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> but that has to happen. You have to go through those stages, you know, oh. that's just mm. absolutely normal. Um, can I ask about any childhood pets? Did you have any? Oh, yes. Bob, you want to show the story of the, of the goldfish? <laughs> the infamous goldfish. Okay. So, uh, parents in India, dogs are quite popular. Mm. Um, and our parents are thinking, okay, we've not had any pets here. We want to get pets at some stage, but we need to like, work our way up. You know, you don't get a dog first. Do you know, you might start off with like earthworms and then goldfish and then guinea pigs and then cats and dogs because you've got to test you know the family can they handle the pet because obviously you're bringing another member of the family in so again in the early 90s about 92 93 my dad said let's get let's get a goldfish let's get a, let's get a fish tank it was a pride and joy of the house it was literally like if we had guests come down you know in indian culture or we're british but like in our parents indian culture they'd come people would visit there's you know lots of tea and biscuits and indian amazing snacks that are probably not good for you but loads of those mm. and then the fish tank would be there pride and joy and then we had one goldfish we had one fish called speedy gonzalez <laughs> after i see him after the um, Cartoon cartoons, character. yeah, the cartoons, yeah. and um, we loved eating fish fingers too in our family. We love fish fingers, 
Mm, yeah. um, so uh, often the way it works, our dad would go to work, our mom would be at home with us, pottering around, tidying, cleaning, telling us off. And then there's one day, again, I assume about 1993, 92, 93, where my mom was, again, probably doing the laundry in one of the other rooms, probably in the big bedroom. And then Davey and I, so Davey would have been in the front room, I would have been pottering around, and John, who's been two, approaching three, he loved fish fingers. We heard some splashing, and we're like, oh, it's, oh, whatever, splashing, doesn't matter. And we heard that we heard some little footsteps, we heard a bowl being taken out, we heard some, we heard some water tap, and then the microwave coming on. And oh, then we no. were just like, this is really bizarre. And then we heard our mum shrieking, ah, what's going on? And then, so the daily couldn't run physically because yeah. it was a you know, wheelchair. Yeah. I went and saw, and the, there's nothing in the fish tank. And John was there with a bowl, and my mom just like <laughs> looking, uh, I don't know, like beyond despair, the goldfish had been microwaved in an attempt for fingers. <laughs> and then my dad was like, this is, this, we can't, these children, we cannot trust Enough. them with, you know, fish, at least, okay, you know, they, I don't know what their memories are like. They may, but if you, you know, rest that was rest the end of peace. our experimentation with pets. Finished. Rest in peace, Peter Gonzalez. Did he eat Speedy so that, Gonzales? He didn't eat it, did he? Uh, he didn't we get saw the chance. There was bread. He literally got bread. He was going to try and put it inside. Oh, my God. He's oh. two to three. And I don't know why. I, I think it's, I heard the splashes. I heard the. I heard a little boy walking two, three, going to the microwave, putting it in. And I should have probably thought, why is he going to the microwave? He's not allowed to use the microwave. Oh, and do you remember how he caught it? He caught it with a tennis racket. <laughs> oh, he fished it yeah, out. Yeah, as, as a sieve. So I was having tennis lessons yeah, back then. Yes, yes, with your. Um, do, uh, what was the brand called? Begins with a D. Donny. Donny. Don it was the one Agassi yes, had. Yes, Agassi. Ultra Agassi. Yes. Oh. Yes. It was, it was, so like, that, in fact, it was been after ninety-two. So yes. Yeah. So that no pets then after that. Yeah, that was it. That was the end of that. Right, oh. the, my, I'll just say my very bleak, which probably have to get edited out. My very bleak pet story was when I was very small. I fished a used condom out of a out of a river <laughs> and thought it was a fish because it had a head and a thing, oh, and kept no. it in a jar for quite a long time. Oh, no. My mum couldn't tell me to. There you go. That's my See, that's I don't my story. That, but that's, oh, no. that's incredible. I, uh, I named it. Oh, you know, funnily enough, uh, <laughs> the jars, the jar bit reminded me of the first time in my special school. Okay, um, it was snowed. It was like in 84, 87, maybe, 86. There's a big mm. snow in UK. I remember like trying to get the snow. It's a random story. Uh, and I thought, this is amazing. This thing is like, should be, should, be, should be tinned and canned. And I put it in a jar. And then literally it was a snowman story. I went to sleep in the thing <laughs> and I woke up and it was gone. It was literally from the cartoon. <laughs> Ra- oh, random story, random really story. Sad. But you were heartbroken, right? Yes, I was. Were you, were you, uh, yeah. I was just okay. like, oh, they discovered really the process of melting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> so who, we don't need to know who's the mo- the bad influence. We know that's we know. you, Davey. Yeah. The mischievous yeah. bad influence. You're the mastermind. You're the mastermind. mastermind, yeah, exactly. yes. I'm just an innocent bystander. Exactly. <laughs> so, who, who's, who's the most likely to cry? Neither one of us, right? I don't think he's. <sighs> As children, it would be, it's more sports, it's like, it might be sports related. Like, again, like, oh, yeah, okay, Ham... yeah, depression for when Tottenham or West Ham lose. That, that's depressing. It's that, so weird that, that you've you got, you, I don't get it. Oh, I have it's to like our, that our, our parents are quite strong, our mum in particular is a strong Catholic. And I think if you combine, like, Indian Catholicism with football fervour, <laughs> it's like a really potent mix where yeah. you, like, 
the, those football players are your idols and you worship them and when your when your when your god struggle then you feel their pain like it's, i think it's as an adult i'm now glad i can detach sort of myself from west ham's yeah. success and failures but it's not perfect like I, 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 football growing up had a huge hold on our moods like yeah, on a monday morning at school you know spurs had lost i'd be like gleeful I'm like, oh yes, I'm yes. coming to school like a king. And my teacher said, Bobby, you had a great day today in school. And I'm like, I wanted to reveal the reason. So it's, it's strange how football yeah. manifests. It, it's an outlet. It, it, it's an powerful. outlet for your aggression. It, 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 it's, it's bizarre you say this because I was looking into the history of Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen, the British mm. director and artist. He mm. was he was uh, actually a Turner Prize winner for, for his films he did. Then he won an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. And he's also knighted last year as well, right? So he's kind of the mm-hmm. art film. But what, what, what I realized is kind of my connection to him as well. I liked him as a, as, a, as a creator, but I liked him even more when I realized he's a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. Uh, <laughs> but, but then I was, I was deflated again when he said in an article that, that he stopped supporting Tottenham a couple of years ago because it brought him down too much. Oh, he said the wow. defeats would take it so much out of you to stop, stop, stop going to matches. And you can never envisage that happening to you? No, ever. it's like, I think a couple of weeks ago when we were going through this bad patch, I actually turned it off in the 80th minute. I was just, this is too much. Really? Yeah, I turned, I've, first time in my, what, 30 odd years of Trust Point Tottenham, I turned it off. I said, I can't stand this. And I turned it off. Did you watch last night's game? Because uh, I Oh, did. yeah, I watched that. That was amazing. Screaming at the TV. You know? was amazing. You're temporarily occupying the space West Ham, West Ham after tonight's oh, game. Oh, yeah, we'll exactly. Go back above. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. I love so, how you can't let it go. Can't let it go. In. Back Literally. in. Literally. Nope. Yep. I'm with Davey on um, this. Sorry. I proper loved learning about Spooktown lore and, and all that. Quick question. Is it Spooktown Town? So would it be called... Spook Town Town Centre, or is it Spook Town? I think it's Spook Town Town Centre. Good. <laughs> that is what I want. Spook Town Town Hall. Welcome to Spook Town returns on Monday, fifteenth of March. New episodes every Monday. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. What was the last present you bought each other? Um, oh, I bought you something, Bob. I bought you innovators. Walter Isaacson's innovators oh, yes. for your birthday a few weeks ago. So it's all about yes. uh, the top innovators around the world. You know, Walter Isaacson is an author. He wrote, actually, the book I read was because of Bob. So uh, Bob hosted 500 years of Leonardo da Vinci two years ago in the mm. British Library. And Bob held, uh, held a panel uh, of... Uh, polymaths uh, and a professor mm. Burke from Cambridge and, mm. and another uh, woman polymath and me and for that particular event because it was at Leonardo da Vinci they called the art and science of the polymath the generalist versus specialist I read the mm. entire Walter Isaacson Leonardo da Vinci biography and because I read that um, I, I gave Bob the innovators uh, uh, what is it called what? The, the innovators. Innovators, yeah, innovators. I think. Yeah, so because then I got yeah. to you know the my you know the, um, Kathy, you said you saw my, the Royal Academy thing on on television. Amazing. Yep, yep. So, so I actually exhibited my the Cure, series based upon my spinal cord injury, mm-hmm. in the British Library, in the same roof where Leonardo da Vinci's drawings were housed. And the ironic thing was, mm-hmm. I didn't know that was going to happen, 
but my the, the, the cure of the series, the anatomical drawings and paintings were actually inspired by our love of Leonardo da Vinci when we were growing up. Mm. So it kind of came full oh, circle. Wow. So then I gave Bob the book, the innovate um, book. Uh, yeah. the innovators. That was my last. So like modern day innovators. Yes. Yeah. So my gifts seem to be practical to Bob because yeah. I think okay, Bob should learn about the innovators. And so it's not not like <laughs> it's a great book. I'm really enjoying. Yeah. It. So I think we get gifts that are related to things that are happening. So again, but back in 2019, 20 days art was a played a big part in our family's lives. So again, a lot of discussions we'd have about polymathy, the nature of it. Again, so I, I hosted a Radio 4 program on the nature of polymathy. Because people often come to us and say, um, myself or Davian, who don't know us, they'll say, oh, so are you, would you consider yourself a polymath? Someone that's uh, able to... Uh, thing is, the true definition of polymath is someone that's able to make a contribution to two separate domains. Yeah. And they've got to be completely separate. But in the modern definition, people just tend to say polymaths are people that have an appreciation of more than one field. So like most of my friends will think I'm a polymath because I've got a broad range of knowledge. But in terms of true contribution, it's only towards maths education. Whereas Davy is more polymathic than me because you are trying to make a contribution towards art, but also you do a lot of work about programming, artificial intelligence, your robotic stuff that you used to do. So like my gifts would have been related to that. Like I would have bought you... I'm trying to think about the book. We buy lots of books for each other. Yeah, books. Mm. Yes. Loads of books. That's like, not would the surprise. last one have been... I'm trying to remember the last book I bought you. What did you get? Uh, Hello World by Dr. Hannah Fry. Yes. Yeah, Hannah Fry's book. So, yes. That's a book on algorithms changing a world because I know that Davey... Yes. Again, we, we, the thing is, often we, we will buy books and discuss it. We'll forensically analyze it. Um, it's almost like the gifts like have this virtuosity because if I get... If Davey gets me something, Davey knows that I will end up reading it, discussing it back with him. And if I get him something, yeah. he'll come back. Well, in fact, so just keep on, yeah. In fact... Uh, so you get what you would like. You buy each other what you'd really like because you know you'll end up discussing it Yeah, together. in yeah. fact, but Kathy and Rachel, like the, after this, we're going to have a pop quiz on, on the book, actually, Bob. So you better, you better, you better, you better hurry up. <laughs> can, I, can I ask, because I'm sort of fascinated by the relationship between maths and music. And uh, do you share the same taste in music and are either of you musical? So are we musical... We tried. Okay, okay. so uh, to be honest, so in the first day in the uh, early nineties, our dad bought like a couple of home keyboards, and there were things that there were lights would flash up, but where the where you meant to play the notes. So we learned to play the keyboard by little flashing lights, but with no proper finger thing. You know, normally you meant to have like a later on yep. in like in secondary school, I had proper lessons, but we sort of had, and because David, you could only use one hand. That that is one of the reasons. So yes. Davey would have this unusual way of playing the keyboard. And then I would sort of learn from Davey's, again, is because I followed Davey, I would try and play like in a weird way that Davey played. Like that's, and when I first had lessons, my bad habit. I know, my, <laughs> my piano teacher's like, who on earth taught you to play the piano? And he's like, you got some good, you got some good music, but your technique is horrendous. So we, we, we played some instruments, it's weird. Like a lot of things in life, we, we like I think part of our dad, he let us dabble in so many things, in art and music. Do you know, we were massive stamp collectors, coin collectors. Um, wow. We daily is like I was daily actually practiced a lot of magic. You know the yeah. what was it Marvin's Magic Club? Yeah, yeah, Marvin Magic. Club. Back to the Debbie McGee. Back to yeah, Debbie was great sight of hand. I'd be your assistant. We do optical illusions. We do like <laughs> sawing and have all these sort of wow. things. But music is one thing where we developed an appreciation, but not a significant competence in playing. Like I'm okay. Interesting. Do you think Bob? That's because when I tried music, or the piano in particular, I couldn't do it 
as well as I wanted to because of the one hand. Mm. And because I didn't follow it, maybe Bobby didn't follow it either. We talk about Bob following what I did, like the maths, the science, the drawing. But because I felt like I couldn't pursue this to the... uh, Well, to the point I wanted to do, that I didn't pursue, and Bob mm-hmm. probably didn't pursue it either. I don't know, maybe that's, that's yeah, a psych- that psychological... I never thought about it. There might be like an underlying reason. Yeah, because I didn't pursue it because yeah. technically I can't do it, and Bob thought, well, I'll do it either. I don't know, a psychological reason. But do you like the same kind of music? Do you yeah. like the same? Well, we grew up kind of Disney stuff, didn't we? Disney and... Oh, and... God, Disney, our dad, <laughs> yeah, literally Disney. Like, in, fact, in fact, all the first pieces we learned on the keyboard were all the Disney pieces. bibbidi bobbidi boo <laughs> like literally all the Disney things. Um, so that was our initial music. Oh my God, our dad. Uh, so we had nursery rhymes, but for some reason, our dad, instead of nursery rhymes, would play ABBA. Yes. Love ABBA. Yes. So we, so we loved ABBA growing up. Um, mm. Bros, Salt and Pepper. Like we had, do you remember we had the sticker book, Davey? The, the yes. music sticker book. Smash so it. We were collecting football stickers, but the smash it, yeah. Smash it. And then we were like, oh, I've got a bros. And we'd compete with each other who could fill the sticker book quicker. <laughs> um, but as adults, so I, so I think Davey's music is probably not too dissimilar to mine because, again, we have conversations. Davey, for example, Davey and I, let's, let's hope we get this little test. Dave, what's our favorite joint band? Let's see if, we, if he's in a different band, then this argument's flawed. Uh, joint band? Our favorite well, a joint. So if we had like say we're gonna put one band forward to pres- play, which band? Modern day, they're still alive, they're still playing. So let me see. If I get this wrong, then my my thesis is about to fall flat. <laughs> band. Come on. Dave. Okay, I, I won't give it to you. Can I give you, so is, imagine we had to represent one band in our intersection of a Venn diagram that we both play and listen to and watch. Oh, Muse, Muse. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know why I had a brain freeze. We've seen them like three or four times together. Yeah, they're, and I think you've seen them like three times. They're, they're, they're like oh, the, yeah. the queen of our era, basically. Like you know, the, the, mm-hmm. it's like Freddie Mercury and Co. It's like it's 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 what it's what it is, right? It's, it's. But with Muse, the interesting thing is again, I think I got into them first because I got, I got a scholarship to Eton for my A levels, and then Eton a few of my friends were playing Muse, and I was like, what is this? And then I told Davy about Muse, and he got into Muse, and again, it became like a shared full yeah. area of listening. But things like nowadays. My taste, I don't know if my taste is more eclectic than yours. Like, I tend to listen, like, I think my taste often depends on if I've watched something, I'll then absorb it. Well, I think maybe this is probably similar with you, Davey. Mm-hmm. When we find out about something in the world, we tend to, like, voraciously absorb everything about yeah. the era, that period. Yeah. So at the start of lockdown, I watched The Last Dance, uh, the documentary on Netflix about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. team in the 1990s. And the soundtrack to that is all 80s, 90s American hip hop. And I had this phase of two months. And now I'm like, that could be a mastermind topic, American 80s, 90s hip hop. And I didn't really know much about it before. Or like, again, when I, um, my dad bought a CD of Verdi operas just from a charity shop. Mm. And I really got into Verdi and then all the classical music. So I spent like a couple of years absorbing Verdi, Mozart. So it all depends on like little influences, little like... Yeah. Turns like again. Muse was one of my friends gave me a CD Eaton, and then now both of us we listen to Muse. Oh, I remember the story growing up. So, because we both like classical music, but I was not very good at recalling them. And Bob had an mm. Bob had an amazing memory, that is for sure. Mm. So when I could, right. when I wanted to listen to classical music, because well, this is before Google and stuff, right? You know, you Spotify. So I think of a classical mm. music that I wanted to play, and I say I would hum it to Bob, and I said, Bob, what is this called? And then we'd go to the library and take the CD out. That's how you should do. So Bob had like a... He's like Shazam. Yeah, Bob was my Shazam. Yeah, like Shazam. Oh Bob was my Shazam. 
even when I was at Cambridge, I was suddenly called Bob and said, this song, classical music, what is it? Who is it by? Bob would say, third movement, fourth movement. And I would go and download it. Oh, wow. Bob was my sister. I didn't realize. Bob was like my Wikipedia. I'm not surprised, right? But yeah, this is the pre-university child days, right? But yeah, you were literally like my Wikipedia, basically. Amazing. Wow. Right, we, we can't take up any more of your time, so we've got one more question, please. Um, Is there anything you would like to say to each other that you've never said before? Davey, would you like to take that? Um, um I guess I'm, I'm very proud of you, Bob. Uh, you know, it wasn't very easy growing up, I guess, you know, lots and lots of complicated issues, uh, but I think you've overcome them and now what you're doing with, you know, uh, your teaching and your communicating of maths, you're trying to inspire a new generation. I'm really proud of that. Oh, mm. Bobby? Um, I think, it's funny, if I, I, I did a uh, class, no, before lockdown, we had to do uh, uh, a assembly, I did an assembly on role models. And rather than, I know, and I, you know, I could have picked like the Barack Obama, Malala, and I picked Davey. Uh, and I said, mm-hmm. Davey is my inspiration because, you know, again, we, uh, yeah, I, obviously I had obstacles as well, but when we talk about obstacles, yours are real, physical, proper obstacles, not having an education, not being physically confined to a wheelchair. Even now you only have the use of one arm, but you, I think yeah, sometimes when I'm having a tough time, I think if Davey can overcome that and still somehow be positive, uh, bright and keep him forging his way again, it's, I, I, and like I'm a combination, I'm very proud of you. The way that you've, you, your art, you're showcasing it to people around Britain, around the world. Um, I think yeah, you, you're my inspiration. My, my mostly my dad as well, my mum. But you're like my real day to day inspiration. The way you just get on with things. Almost like that Markovian uh, memoryless chain. Obviously things have happened, but you just go the next day and say, let's do, let's go again. Let's let's roll the dice Aww. again. Like Spurs do. Like when they lose, they got to go again as well. Oh, <laughs> that's so Lovely. Nice. What's it called again? The Markovian. How do you say it? Markovian. Markov. Markov. M-A-R-K-O-V. Markov chains. Right. Okay. okay. So these are like memoryless chains where he doesn't remember the thing that happened previously. Yeah. Because also as humans though, we are, our, our, our Bobby Seagull on this particular day is a combination of all the previous mm. Bobbies. But in Markov chains, it's an independent yeah. thing. So it's like trying to... Yeah. adapt the real world today is a new day basically course. right that, that's oh. what, what a great I'll way to end that to you a lot this has been a little wonder production logo artwork from kathy mason voice from melanie walters music from rodri viney with special thanks to beth forrest steve pickup sam roberts henry widdicombe and joe williams other podcasts from Little Wonder include Here to Judge and Welcome to Spooktown. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's fine. That's <laughs> You're totally supposed to be, you guys are supposed to be technical geniuses. Yeah, but come on. <laughs>